Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of the third season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. You just snuck in there, didn't you, man? We did, we did. You... This is the first time in a long time we haven't had to double take this because I forgot what episode we're up to. We, we, I'm we pretty did... happy with myself. We started the thing, we listened to our theme song before going on, we were just about to get to the end of it, and then you realised you didn't know what number we were up to, but you, you managed to squeeze in there. Well done. Yeah, no, it was a little panicky, but it has raised, raised, uh, raised the adrenaline levels a bit, which is good for the pot, but um, I have actually had to take on some criticism on board since last week. Mm-hmm. I've decided to not scream into the microphone for the hello. Hopefully that was a little bit better, a little more listenable. No, no, screaming. I like the screaming. It's The energy's good. Yeah. It shocks you a little bit, and then you, then you start paying attention. Scott, that's, like all, that's well and good for you, but neither of us actually listen to this. So Well, that's true. But... <laughs> so we don't have to put up with the pain of the burst of your Energy's good. If it's an energetic theme song, we need a bit of energy coming uh, off the, the The panic has given me some pretty high energy levels. I think I'm ready to go. But we don't need too much energy this week, because we're, we're getting week, anyway. It's a happy pot. Happy pot all around. These are bloody awesome. Yeah, both of us are very happy with our own teams and a little bit disappointed we can't be happy with how the other team performed because we like it when the I other mean, team... I, on Saturday, I was pretty determined I wasn't going to do the pod. I thought you'd be unbearable, but I don't really care anymore because Melbourne are even better. So, I am going to be unbearable. We're winning the flag this year. We'll so. both be unbearable and that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> right? So getting on to everyone's favourite segment, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket... Uh, where we give three, two, one votes for the most meaningless games of the round, thanks to the the line from Happy Gilmore, of course. Forgot that bit slightly. Uh, one vote we're giving a Sydney defeat a free mantle by fifty nine points. Yep. I reckon the only reason why this didn't get three is I reckon the the Buddy Franklin report was a little bit of interest coming out of the game, a little bit of media interest. And did he get reported or was he just so? No, he... he got he got reported, but uh, he, yeah, it was. That's ridiculous. They said that he was just contesting the ball or whatever. Oh, it is ridiculous. He had the ball in his arm. There were a lot of people saying he should have got suspended. Yeah, there are a lot of idiots in the world. Getting back to something I said a few years ago. He was honestly shrugging a tackle. Like, if if he got rubbed out for that, that would have been... Joel Hanley shouldn't have headbutted his elbow. Nothing else would happen there. It's just... I mean, put it very simply... Shit happens. <laughs> and it's just one of those things where you're throwing your arm around trying to get out of the tackle and, and shit happens. I'm going to welcome you to being the cause of the reason we have an explicit label for once. <laughs> you're the first to swear uh, this week, and I'm proud of you, Scott. Yeah, yeah you, you were worried I was going to be the swearer on the pod, but you're, you're a lot worse than me. Oh, I'm so much worse. Uh, did you have any takeaways from this game other than Sydney finally won at home? Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like a little bit of... Frio from a couple of years ago. I've been quite impressed this year that they've started moving the ball a bit better. There's been a bit more energy. But in the first half, Frio actually, in a lot of ways, outplayed Sydney. I thought their energy was a lot better, um, but their skills were just awful. And they just couldn't find a way to transition. Yeah, they really missed having both Hill brothers. They did have Walters back, but he couldn't carry that load all on himself. He was, he was a little bit hungry, Walters, I noticed. He's not, he's not normal. He's normally quite a selfless player. Well, the first but there are a few time times you've ever the man. I, I love the man. I reckon he's just about the most underrated player in the comp. But there are a couple of times which he just he got in the pocket. He didn't even look inside. He just went for a snap. Um, I, I didn't mind because, you know, he kicks a goal. It's some good fantasy points. But, you know... <laughs> Three minutes before we start talking about our fantasy sides. Oh, I just love Michael Walters. Let's just say that. And, um, yeah, Sydney getting a win at home. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, Collingwood. Oh, sorry, next game. Come on, mate. You don't hijack my segment. Well, Two votes. Uh, Collingwood defeated St Kilda by 28 points. 
Uh, a disappointing Saturday night, I've got to say. I had one of those nights when you sit home, you flick between the two games, and yeah. I couldn't pick one because they were both pretty boring. But this game was close-ish for the most part, but it always you always knew Collingwood were going to get on top. Yeah, well, you knew St Kilda would butcher any chance they had to actually win the game, mm. and that's happened four or five times this year. They've been a side that should make things interesting and just not been able to. Oh, they're tough to watch. It is shocking the way St Kilda are playing. I, often when people start um, bagging the coach and stuff, I start thinking, look, it probably is a bit the coach's fault. You know, they're not setting up well. They're, they're not clear. They don't have clear direction in the way they're going and stuff. But often I think St Kilda do. Often they have numbers out the back and often they have something to get to. But they, it's fumbling. It's drop marking. Like, oh, I'm getting to the point I actually do think the cattle is poor. Like they, yeah. From a skills standard. Basic skills. Yeah, and it's, it's all the way through. As you said, there's fumbling, there's dropped marks, there's inability to hit targets in open play. And, and, and it's short, easy targets that they're missing. Yeah, Seb Ross is just the perfect example for this in my mind because he gets the ball mm-hmm. like nobody's business. He averaged 30 touches a game, which is fantastic. Yet he plays four or five, five chains of possession by just committing an unforced I, I actually don't think Seb Ross is a great player because, I mean, he's an accumulator. I think that's the only thing that's good about him. He's not a good user. He's not particularly explosive. Mm. Um, I don't think he's particularly two ways. not all that accountable. He's actually the only thing he does is get the ball a lot. Yeah, there's real question marks on how much he's actually helping them. Well, he's not helping them because they're not winning, but how much value he has to a side. Well, like, Jack Stevens not a good kick, but the other stuff he does is fantastic because he he breaks lines, he's quick, he's aggressive, he runs harder than most, and he sets an example in that Mm. sense. So, yeah, I'm not too sure about Sam Ross. Uh, Collingwood, they're, they're Hanging sort about. of mid-sized forward line. They're, they're one of those teams that are really going with that, and it's, it's, it's really working for them. With Dugowie and Stephenson, where in previous years they actually have had that a little bit with Fasolo and Elliot, but they're both out. I mean, Elliot's yeah, but small. But the thing about both of those guys, they didn't apply much defensive pressure, which they, I think they've yep. got with. could definitely be a difference. Both Stevenson and what's her name and um, Digoli, the one yeah. that everyone's frothing over. Don't yeah, he's coming to North apparently. <laughs> really? Oh, well, we've offered him a shitload of money like everybody else in the competition. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying on that. Uh, yeah, both those guys are a bit bigger, so they did give him a little bit more structure mm. as well. But Stevenson's really quick and can apply that pressure. They've still got the rest of the smalls in there, and neither of those guys are liabilities, which I think Fasolo and Elliot were. Degoe is so good above his head. He's marking for Mm. someone of that size. You you don't see it often. No, and I think it's a really good sign for his ability to move into the midfield in a sense, because it shows... I'm I'm not sure he's a midfielder, to be honest. I think he will be, in the same sense that sort of Dangerfield moved into the midfield. Because he's really quick, but it shows a cleanliness in his hands that is really important in the midfield. I'm not sure about his actual handling, because I think that's a very underrated, important facet of a midfielder's game. But he's definitely got the ability to get the ball and get it cleanly. I feel his skill set is it lends more to being forward. And he's another one of those players a few years ago, you'd say, oh, he doesn't quite have the size, so he's going to have to move yeah. to the midfield. But the way he's playing at the moment, I, 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 I can see him playing there in five, ten years' time, still being a... He'd probably pinch hit in the midfield, but being a predominant forward. Yeah, interesting. Now, let's move on to three votes. Three votes, uh, Adelaide defeated the Western Bulldogs by Wait, 37. What? What? There's a clear winner here, Scott. <laughs> oh, it's not us. It is you. It you was at a hundred point margin. 
How yeah. often do they happen? That's fascinating you from are, both a Carlton perspective and a Melbourne perspective. You are the premiers, according to Andy Marr, and you be the worst side in the league. What is interesting about that? Because now people are really talking about us as premiers and really marginal. It's marginal. A hundred pl- how often does a hundred point dumping come along? Well, not very, very rare. This is the first time five years or something for you. Exactly. Is that not interesting? There's a lot of story no, to come just, out of it. That's Jake Melksham played the fifth greatest game of all time. Apparently, that's, that's absurd. <laughs> but all this is a reflection of your previous incompetence. Not that you've now, no, no, nothing else. You just used to be terrible. Oh. It's an 100 point win. That is that is impressive and that is exciting. It's ridiculous to think that you don't think people are can interested we, can we talk about in the, the fact team you there beat? was a 100 point mark. Can we talk about the team you beat? You beat Carlton, who are already the worst team. I know, league. but they haven't you lost by 100 them. points any other point. In you, the beat, you beat them without Doherty, without Kerno, without the other Kerno. I'm not, I'm not talking about the quality of the victory. I'm talking about is the game relevant? And people think it's and pretty relevant. And apparently we're going to include Gibbs in that because he was there last year. <laughs> I just want to point out that when people say they're missing four of their five best players, you don't get to count Gibbs in that lot. He's not there anymore. That's my say. Yeah, but it's an adjustment period. I think I that's what the argument is. is that the best players are out there adjusting without This is the most frustrating but anyway, take I don't know why we're talking about this game because it didn't get any votes and we'll talk about it later because it was a very interesting game. So three votes we're giving Adelaide defeated the Western Bulldogs by 37 points. So to those teams we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Or alternatively, this decision was rubbish and Scott's wrong. Oh, come on, mate. This was rubbish. You sat down and watched It's a boring margin. It was a low-quality game of footy. Scott, they kicked three times their score. No. Oh, yeah, what, like... 65 to 20. That's not an interesting margin. The margin was 37 points. It was in the wet, so you It was very comfortable in the wet, is what it was. Yeah. It is actually, point of notability, that's not a real thing, but anyway, they kicked the most inaccurate something or other in some period of time. There was some 214 or something. It was like their worst goal kicking ever or something. The dogs in the first half... They put in a real, real good effort. Like it, They were probably the better team in the first half. Yeah, they really never... They didn't make the right decision in front of goal. They either centred when they should have yeah. had a shot or had a shot when they should have centred. And a lot of handball happy in the wet, which is, mm. it just doesn't work. No, they kicked a hand, I think they had 90 more handballs than the Crows, which is... Mm. That shouldn't happen in a wet game. Yeah, and you don't want to be that far away. Something has to be said. Uh, apparently, it was clear about half an hour beforehand, and then it just absolutely bucketed. So there's a bit of... It, it's difficult to adjust that quickly. But you know what you can do? Say, boys, it started pissing down. Let's kick the ball a bit. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm aware of that, and I'm not saying it was the right thing to do, but just a, just a little bit of an out for me. Okay, well, I'm but anyway, sick, I'm so, sick so look of your, how little there is to talk about. I'm sick of your biased garbage, and now we're going to move on to a real segment. Cane Corns. Why are we doing it here? It's after three games. No, we do the three normal games, and then we get into... Ah, well, I've mixed things up accidentally. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> oh, Banjo. Ah, it doesn't matter. We're doing Cane Corns, are we? All right. Segments off the top. <laughs> yeah, go on. This is your bit. You've, you've, you've oh, okay. okay, well, this this is a pretty funny one. Wayne Carey thinks that North Melbourne are now a destination club. The most irrelevant team who are probably going to move to Tasmania in a couple of years. He's quite right. Who are in an irrelevant state we're... as we've gone over. <laughs> I mean, come on. There's a reason Tasmania's left off on my occasion. <laughs> no one has wanted to come to your useless football club for about 10 years. Sorry. We've put Jared Waite in career best form, which was laughed at when he said it, and it's probably true. No one wanted Jared Waite, really. Well, Carlton did. They offered him a contract. 
Uh, we got Sean Higgins. He's turned into an absolute star. And this is this is Wayne Carey's point. Sean Higgins was injury prone and no one really wanted him either. You haven't got a big coup in a very long time. Yeah, it's probably Lee Colbert. Which is a well and truly gone back a few years. Gold jacket, green jacket, football. <laughs> Oh, he was Geelong captain yeah, yeah, when we yeah. got him. Piss right off. Well, you're captain, was he? All right. Yeah, that's a big deal. Mate, you know you're not a destination club. No, we're becoming one, though, Scott, because we're on the up. We're going to make finals with the second youngest list in the league. We've got uh, father-sons and academy players coming through. We're just set. This is this is on the way to a premiership. You're just not attractive. Like, you just think about North Melbourne, you just think... Why? Like, why would I, think, I, why would I, I rather let, go there than Collingwood? Let's be next to and let's be in an Indian city club that has a real community vibe and. Really, oh, who thinks that way? Yeah, probably nobody. <laughs> nobody thinks that way of any club. <laughs> uh, it's a silly one. Anyway, you're going to do yours. Yeah, North Melbourne's a destination club, except that's serious. Uh, Alex Rance won't make all Australian this year. I'm putting my foot down. He's had like three or four bags kicked on him already. Just, that's not that big a call. I mean, it isn't that big. It's, it's, a mass, it's a massive effort any year to make All-Australian. No like matter three, how good Alex Rance is. Three times in a row he's made All-Australian. But I, I still... He's supposed to be the greatest fullback of all time. He's right he, up there, I think. And he won't make All-Australian. But no matter how good he is, it's still a great achievement to make All-Australian. Say he's not... Gary Ablett is one you of the... You suck at this, Sydney. Gary... You don't say big calls at all. Sydney won't make the top four. That's not a big call. You don't understand this. I already regret it. But um, <laughs> if you said Gary Ablett would have made uh, All-Australian in the middle of his dominant run, that would have been a big call. Alex Trance is a Gary Ablett of, uh, of fullbacks at this point in time. It is a big call to say he won't make All-Australian. It's, it's, not, it's not a Kane Corn standard call. But like, Do you believe it? You know, you won't make All-Australian? Yeah, no, 100% believe it. Yeah, I believe it's possible. No, he's a... If the selectors do their job, which you never know, Luke Darcy's on the panel, uh, that he might get, he won't get in. But you know, as I said, Luke Darcy's on the panel. All right. Well, am I doing my one now? Yeah, that's why waved it. <laughs> my one is uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Melbourne win the premiership <laughs> this year, Banjo. I mean, in one week things have changed pretty quickly. So let let me get this straight. You beat Carlton, and now you're the flag. Like the last two weeks, we've kicked, what, 145 and 155 yeah, points. Not many teams do that. Our inside 50 count, our contested possessions, our clearances are all, like, number one. But last week, you weren't saying this, so you can't use last week. This week, you beat Carlton. I'm excited now. And you, after beating Carlton, you're now going to win the flag. Hey, things have changed. I mean, at, at what point in previous years would I have been able to think, I can go to four... Con- consecutive games of footy and be relaxed and not be like oh Melbourne yeah, look, this. Yeah, where you, we've changed you know who was able to do that consistent where we, I trust the club now you know who was able to do that me like for significant periods the last three years oh, not including like the three years before but that I, I and you said we weren't contenders I, that entire time I didn't say we're a certainty to win it I said I wouldn't be at all surprised at least apologise to Andy Marr for the humiliating uh, no because last week it was a stupid thing to say <laughs> After beating Carlton by so 100 again, points. I refer to, you just beat Carlton. <laughs> by 100 points. And they didn't even when have... When was the last time North won a game by 100 points? Like three years ago, probably. You don't know. You probably, know. probably never. We beat GWS in, in 2012 by 100 points. I know that. But who knows if we had one more recently. It's, it's a premiership sign. Ryan Bassanak had, had 44 disposals that game and didn't get a brown <laughs> That's spud. You were so excited about him for a while. Yeah, but now we traded him for Jed Anderson and look at that. That's wonderful. But anyway, I'm up and about, Banjo. We're a red-hot crack. 
We can do it. Sure. When you beat a team, the Bulldogs in this year, mate. I'll, I'll believe you. Uh, let's get to the uh, interesting games of football that mm-hmm. should have been before <laughs> that have been about, yeah. uh, North defeated GWS by 43 points in a pretty dominant display, I'm going to say. Just, we were great. I actually watched some North Melbourne this week. Are you happy with me? I'm shocked. You have just been full of surprises. <laughs> Your unbelievable Mate, Melbourne I'm, 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 and now you've watched the Melbourne, uh, North Melbourne game. I'm so happy I can even talk about North Melbourne without wanting to Yeah, so myself. when you threatened to not show up for the pod after this game, that was your happiness? <laughs> <laughs> completely changed, turned around that. Uh, look, some stuff has to be said about North. Your contested work is very, very good. You are very accountable around a contest, both at ground level and in the air. Yeah. You are very good contested. I don't know if you have the silk on the outside, which the best teams have, no, but your contest work has consistently been excellent. I'd agree with that, and I think the reason it's gotten a lot better is probably due to two, a couple of ins. Ben Jacobs is fantastic defensively in the midfield. He just takes out the best yep. player on the opposition, and he moved from Shield to Ward when Ward was being a bit more damaging in the second quarter and just shut him out of the second half. And then... Jed Anderson, who I went a little over the top on last week. just a tad. I think you only mentioned him about 12 times. I just love this man. But he's unbelievably good with his pressure act around the ball. He's number one. They always always said that at Hawthorne. Yeah. He's just number one for every game North plays. And he's a massive in. So our two-way running through the midfield is improved massively. And part of that is moving Zeebel forward because he didn't have the tank to consistently. There there are a lot of teams that have problems with that because midfielders are generally... You know, they, they get a bit of a yeah. step. And there are a lot of teams that have issues with accountability in the midfield. And I think one of your strengths at the moment is you don't have those absolute stars. So all of your players we are have, needing to play we have a multi-dimensional stars. game. And that's that's actually helping you. We have Cunnington and we have Tiggins, who are both elite. And you just can't argue with it. I can argue with it. They're then, both B-plus footballers. But anyway, you've, both you've, average, got, you've got a lot of B-plus Higgins players. is averaging 25 touches Ben Brown's B-plus. <laughs> Chesy Hogan C grader. Um, <laughs> Gotta say, kick kicking five and a quarter though. That's that, that's not too bad. <laughs> that was so the good. Boy that is one Tassie. of the most. That's one of the most enjoyable quarters of football I've watched in a long time. He just we went from me being absolutely terrified that we we're going to blow that game, and throughout the third quarter it was like, oh, we're doing well. We're on top, but we're not putting the scoreboard pressure on. And then the last like three minutes of the quarter, kick three more goals, and I was just like, ah, you're so good. He's a real, he's a, he's a real <laughs> olden day forward, isn't he? He just leads up the ball. Once he's leading, you're not going to stop him. Not no, possible. But, and then he just turns around, runs, kicks it straight through the middle. He's just, I, I think his set shot routine is definitely very old fashioned. Yeah, we saw Richmond players. Well, you might not have. Uh, we saw Richmond players snapping from a slide angle. Yeah, no, no, out. I have seen the replays. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And he just doesn't do that. He backs himself in. He was kicking drop punts from like severe angles on yeah, the weekend. Yeah. And, and they, they never look like No, but he has gotten better below his knees this year. He's, there's a couple of things he's improved in his game. Mm-hmm. He's been significantly stronger in marking contests where he's not moving. He, his last goal, for instance, he outbodied one and then took the mark over the second Which defender. Which he's never done previously. No, and that's, that's, real. that's probably the toughest thing to do as a forward in football. Win it two on one. And then he's become a lot better around his knees, or a lot more forceful, forceful and impactful below his knees. Mm-hmm. He set up a couple of goals with handballs, and he kicked a couple of goals. And then the idea of moving weight up the ground was that that was a very, very good decision because 
Brown is able to dominate, mm. dominate now. He's, he starts at the top of the square and he can just lead up wherever he wants. And I am shocked at how good Wade is around the ground. Yeah. He's... Well, he's athletic, isn't he? Yeah, and he moves really well. He was pushing up the wing, he was pushing defence. But yeah, GWS, you don't have to be worried. Lockie Whitfield today said that was the second quarter that was the best quarter of football they'd played all year, which is pretty worrying. Mm. Something with GWS. In previous years, they've had a few injuries, and you just get shocked at the sort of names that they're able to bring in as a result. I was watching that game, and God, there were a lot of players I didn't really know. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're bringing in some That's a great thing like, to admit on a football No, nah, they're guys like you know, Tim Moore and... Yeah. It, there's Shipley, a lot of randoms around. Wayne, yeah. who's played a lot of football for them. I think, was, was it a for coming? He, he was one of them in there. Oh, it was, like, was his second or third yeah, game. Like, who, who the hell's that guy? Which, yeah. in the past, like they get an injury and they bring in Jacob Hopper. And you're yeah. like, oh. He's, yeah, he's it's gone start. from the backups <laughs> being a number one or two pick from a couple of years ago to the backups being a pick 20. Mm. And that's just a different level of... Yeah, a different level of the next soldier stepping in. And it, it's, the attrition's finally starting to get to them. It's taken five years of, of good players leaving every single year yeah. to get to this point. But like, think about it, how much would they like to have Devin Smith as a good pressure midfielder yeah, around the ball. They, they just completely neglected him. <laughs> yeah, that was probably really poor management. Yeah, if you I, look I, at I agree it. with that. Uh, how much would they like to have a Taylor Adams or a Trelaw? Yeah. Like, there's so many players around the league where you go, oh, geez, they'd look good if they were still at GWS. Geez, they'd make them better. At the moment, they're, like, they're relying on their stars, which I've never said about GWS before. I was watching that game, I think, like, how, how are they going to live? Like, they need something unbelievable from Shield. Yeah, and she I, was playing well. But like they needed honest, something out of the box, which I'd never thought about that with GWS before. Yeah, because it's been they needed a lift from their stars, which was just their entire team. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like there's no one on that list. You weren't like, oh, he's good. Whereas now you're getting a lot of filler plays. Like the, how important DeBoer has been for them is just staggering. And like, mm. yeah, they probably did need it to, to toughen up a little bit a few years ago, but now there's probably more toughness than skill in a lot of areas of the ground and that's just not yep. not what you'd need to do to win a premiership I don't think yeah. not with the kind of players they have finally that inability to retain players has, has caught up a little bit to them it looks like but it, they'll get some more they've still got a good best 22 so once they get players in they're, they're still a yeah, chance so they're missing that. the best half forward in the league they're missing a top 5 midfielder <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I, I still think, I still think they could win the premiership I, I see it as possibility Highly unlikely, but possible. They'd need to get players back in a hurry to get on a real run. Yeah. But, yeah, no. They're the sort of team that could. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so let's move on, I guess. The Shanghai showdown. Mm. Is it? It was in Shanghai, wasn't it? Poor defeated yes. Gold Coast by 40 <laughs> points. This was very close to being Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, this one. I, I managed to just top it up with a couple of points. Just about the Are interest... Are you saying the uh, Melbourne game came fifth? <laughs> yes! Oh, come on. That's more interesting than Poor defeated Gold Coast in the wet. Uh, come on, mate. There's a whole If this was not in China, this would be the most great Jack and Green Jacket game ever. Yeah, look, probably. But I also didn't <laughs> know it rained in China before. <laughs> that was a terrible joke. Uh, let's move on. Uh, what'd you take away from the game? Look, not that much, <laughs> to be honest with you. There's, there's Port, a bit of the contested work from Port's looking pretty good. I think Power Pepper has actually made a big difference coming back into that team. Because I think we said a few weeks ago, we think maybe they're missing an inside mid. And he's the definition. Yeah, of well, they've had him and Rockliffe playing as a midfielder, which he didn't have the capacity to do earlier in the season. And yeah, that him has, as well. That has defined, redefined what their midfield is. Now they've got 
they can have at least one of Wines, Rockcliffe, and Palpepper through there, and that is huge. It's a massive difference yeah, that's, between that's solid three very run. very good in some. And then the row when you rotate Robbie Gray through when you rotate both through, mm-hmm. you can use them as the first receiver instead of Freeze the theory well, player. Yeah. And that makes their ball movement so much better because that it had really dropped off with the reliance they were putting on Gray to really work as an inside midfielder. So it's yeah, it's really promising signs for them. And to be honest. Gold Coast put up a decent enough fight given who they've got out. Like, and given that they, they, no team has been as stiff as they have been in terms of the travel factor. Like it is, yeah. it is completely out of the box. I think we can possibly understand how much of a toll that would take. Even when they're playing at home, they're playing away at this point. It's it's staggering what they've had to go through. They could quite conceivably finish like a house on fire. They they yeah, could well, storm along with dads, the draw yeah. they're going to have, but. Yeah, it seems really stiff, but there was a Commonwealth Games that didn't have a choice, and to, they get upgraded yeah, facilities out of it. So in the long run, it's probably going to benefit them, but geez, you feel bad about yeah, it. If, if they hold things together through this period and have a good end to the year, like that's a massive tip for Stewie Jew. Like that's, that's a really good effort in a tough situation. Yeah, and to be honest, I think tactically they're a lot more sound for sure. the way they're going about for sure. things. But yeah, they just it's wearing on them, and they've got their two best players out <laughs> Oh no, May's back. So they have just got yeah, yeah. Lynch still out. And, yeah. Who makes a fair difference? But... He's all right. Although they might have to learn to live without him a bit later on. Big upset next. Essen defeat Geelong by thirty-four points. Very, very big upset. I, I, did you did you manage to watch this game? Because all all I've heard is the most so the, the least technical analysis of it. All I've heard is just their effort was great. Essen's effort was great. Yeah, like their effort was great, but they didn't actually lay any more tackles than they'd laid the rest of the season. They laid more desperate tackles. Tackles aren't the I only know, way no, of but, judging effort. But it is like a pretty solid way of judging effort. It's it's one factor in it, but they laid, and they laid the same out. It's just they were more desperate tackles. Merritt saved two goal. I mean, two goal line goal saving tackles. Yeah. On Dangerfield and on Ablett, and they, and lift, they massive. Lift the game, they yeah. lift the team. They were dominant in the clearances, which is the first time they've been dominant in the clearances mm-hmm. all year. Their midfield is not an inside midfield. We've gone over that multiple yep. times. They're very... Yeah, they're, a lot of their midfielders are designed to be their first receiver midfielder. But they were just beef belting Geelong in the contest because Bell Chambers dominated the ruck and all Geelong midfielders are very offensive and not... Which Geelong midfielder has a skerrick of defence in his game? Yeah, I've been thinking a bit about Geelong. There's a bit of a, like an oxymoron in the way I've been like talking about it. In terms of their clearance work and their contest work, no defensive accountability whatsoever. Mm. In terms of how they set up outside of that, like in front of the ball, they, really they, are, they are an excellent defensive team. And I, I wonder if... I don't think that's a design thing of we'll go hard in the midfield and back ourselves to do it defensively. I think it is just they have those midfielders who aren't. They're just not defensively yeah. accountable. Like, Joel they just Selwood, don't have who that bone. is one of the toughest players in the competition, but his toughness is ball-winning toughness. Yeah, it's not, I'm going it. to go at the man and make sure he doesn't follow kick him, away. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all it's single-mindedly focused on winning the ball, and that is fine. That is what makes him a champion. Yeah. But there's no one around him and that does anything And too many else. of them, which they have. Yeah, even Tim Kelly is still very offensive. He's a first-year player, but he's been a star at every club he's played. He was the best player in the waffle. Like he's, he's 
used to being that number one yeah. that offensive midfielder. Mitch Duncan is an outside midfielder, yeah. so he's not going to be particularly uh, constricting in the contest. There's just no one really there. And Selwood, Scott Selwood's injured, so there's nothing there that really gives them any backbone through there. And the other thing, I reckon it was about five or six weeks ago when we were talking about their lack of a Ruckman and how much that hurts them. That's every media outlet's talking about it now. We're we, always ahead of the game. We are we? pretty smart. And I'll, I'll give us that. And the thing is, the the layer which we've added to it is that interest of you need to have a good ruckman if you have such an aggressive midfield because they run forward expecting mm. to get the clearance. There, you you can you can cope with not having a good ruckman because you can be defensively accountable and you can shark the opposition and you can you can find ways to win clearances that way. None of their players have any idea how to do that. So no yeah. ruckman kills them. Yeah, it's 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 staggering how poor Stanley and Smith have been. They they're, they're just, really soft, aren't they're they? They're negatives. I I thought Smith was better than that. I, I thought at least probably years at Gold Coast was so good. Yeah, I know. I thought he was just a bigger body and he would offer them a bit more spine, but he hasn't at all. And since they've dropped Stanley, I haven't seen a noticeable uptick. In fact, they just had their worst game of the season, and they were playing Bell Chambers. Mm. That's not a high-quality Ruckman they're going up against. Yep. Uh, it's really damaging. They have to find a Ruckman this off-season. Scott Lysett is a free agent. He has to... They have to throw some money at him. And to be honest, so did GWS because they have the same problem in a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. I, I cannot understand... And it won't cost you too much. It'll cost a no, little bit. But, but you've just got to have a reliable body. Geelong's been searching for a Ruckman. They, gave, they traded for Hamish McIntosh like seven years ago. They've tried to find that. You can always, there's, you always think there's a chance to get a second or third tier up and from another club and you can turn them good. It happens yeah. so often. Geelong have tried that about five or six times. They just haven't got the been, right one. They've all been hopeless. Yeah, they, they, you've got the Nankervis, you've got the Sam Jake. There's so many stories yeah, about exactly. getting a Ruckman that was just overshadowed, but he was good enough. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable how poorly Geelong's done at getting it. The one other, just before we move on from this game, the other thing which I find very interesting... John Worsfold's attitude to the media. It, it's amusing, mm. but aside from being amusing... It's Malthouse-esque. But I wonder... I, I've heard two sides of this argument. I've heard some people say he just looks sour and bitter and pathetic and immature. Mm. And I understand that side of the argument. The other side of it is, a few weeks ago, everyone was ripping into him for being too soft. In his conferences, he was being really... Li- I remember after the Melbourne game, he was talking about how it was a great game of footy, which he just so clearly wasn't. <laughs> Um, and he was being just really kind and respectful and stuff. And I wonder if he's just decided, no, we need a bit of us against them sort of attitude. We need to get a bit of aggression into the club. And, I mean, that's the way Essendon play. They play yeah. with this stuff, stuff the what everyone's saying. Like, like he probably has decided that. That's some pretty solid analysis. But I don't think he's... I think he looks pretty incompetent in the way he's sort of developing that. I, like, I, I think it looks shocking, but... I wonder if it is conscious. Like, I, it, it may well be, but I, I do not understand how that's where you go if you want to build the us against their mentality. Like, he's not even starting a fight. He's just being insolent. Like, I, I he just, yeah, he looks like a brat. <laughs> it is funny, though. <laughs> it, it is funny, funny but oh, it's a terrible look for yeah. him. We should actually say Essendon looked really good. Do you, how applicable do, do you think this is going forward? Because I, I don't like. Yeah. I, I think this is. I've seen it so many times. Teams who've been playing poorly and they mm. have all the heat on them for a week, and they come out with just one unbelievable, aggressive, great performance. This is not. 
I do not see this as, oh, they're just starting their journey now and they'll be good from now on. I think there's every chance they'll get flogged again next week. I, I saw yeah. Melbourne do it a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'm inclined to think the same way. I So many things went right for them. It was a very good matchup for them in a lot of ways. Like All their weaknesses were sort of allowed to not be damaging at all. And yeah, they, they played a team that couldn't really stop what they were good at and didn't really try and exploit what they were bad at. So it's really bad signs for Geelong, but Essendon... Yeah, I can see this Essendon putting in one of these performances every five weeks yeah. and then being quite poor. As long as it's not against North, I don't care. But anyway, let's get to our top five. Uh, so we are still doing the, the segment in the middle. Yeah, maybe, maybe this is a better format, Banjo. Maybe you've surprisingly... Look, we'll, we'll see. You've we'll, accidentally we'll stumbled see. on we'll some We'll ask for some reviews. We'll ask around to like the two people that listen all the way through. And we'll see what they think. But to be honest, I've been talking a lot of rubbish, so it's probably just a bad point in general. <laughs> uh, top five, we're doing top five free agents. We thought we'd, it's sort of ramping up all the scuttlebutt surrounding us. Yeah. Uh, we're getting a lot of talk about Andrew Gaffs and Jeremy McGovern's, and even your boy Tom McDonald got a mention. It's a, it's a pretty uh, pretty spicy period for the old trade talk. It certainly is, mate. It's been building. It's yeah. building. So I've got a couple of honourable mentions. I don't, so go with your honourable mentions. Uh, I went a couple of Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. There's really three when I think about it. Luke Dahlhouse. Tom Libertore and Mitch Wallace. They're all uh, they're all free agents. They're all, like, sort of good. They played in a premiership, but they haven't been good for two years, so you're not really sure where they sit. I- I'm a big Dalhouse fan. I've always been a big Dalhouse fan. Yeah, he's just really dropped yeah, off. Yeah, he certainly has. But uh, you'd give him a... Like, you'd, be, you'd be happy to get him into your car, for sure. Oh, absolutely. For the right price, uh, you'd back yourself in to find that spark with him again. He's just... Like, a lot of Bulldogs just seem to be missing something the last two years. Uh, but who's your five? My five, I've got uh, T-Mac, T- Tommy McDonald. My Ooh. God, he's playing well. I, I, he was retarded his first couple of years. Like, he he looked hopeless. And then he turned himself into a good, like, defensive player, but then, you know, couldn't use the ball and he still imagined it. Yes, he turned himself into what Oscar is now. No, he, he, was better than, he was better than that. But he, he's a dead set star now. He's, he moves around the ground. You're he's calling using... him a star and you won't say Ben Cuttington's a star. <laughs> Get off your bloody up. biased <laughs> high horse and come down and sit with the rest of us on planet Earth. He's using his endurance now, which has always been a strength of his. And the only time which you really actually thought it was a strength and he was a defender was when he was playing on Nick Rewell. Yeah. That was the only time when you were like, oh, that, see, his endurance will come in handy now. But he's working up the ground. He's, his skills are looking really sharp. and He can't miss. The bloke cannot miss. Yeah, no, he's my five as well. And I agree with you in a lot of sense. His structure, his uh, impact on your structure, I think, has been really, really important in allowing you to score a bit more, Scotty. Uh his ability to push up and then push back has meant that when Hogan pushes up, there's still him a bit deeper. Yep. When he's pushing up, you've still got Hogan deeper. And the interchangeability of the two of them has been really dangerous because defenders get lost. Defenders can't actually go with them. And they're different kind of forwards. So mm-hmm. even if you leave one at home and one to roam with him, you're still going to get a mismatch. And the amount of over-the-back Eddie Betts goals he manages to work into is quite impressive. Mm. It'll be interesting the teams are. Notice how I didn't prejudice the comment of an Eddie Betts girl, how I actually credited it as a skill. I just want you to reflect on that and reflect on the greatest small forward of Yes, yes, all right, all right. Um, it would be interesting the teams poaching him, what they'd be saying to him. Whether, are they saying we'll play you as a forward? We 
would do we want you as a defender? I mean, you can, you can bring him in for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I want North to offer him a lot of money so he can't get Andrew Geff. <laughs> so you don't have the, the cap space. But yeah, 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 I don't. Yeah, North's not the team that needs him, so I don't care that much about him. All right. Well, this is a little bit embarrassing because we got the same four as well. <laughs> we both got Rory Sloan. Who, if we have the exact same order, this is going to be very boring. Uh, we're extremely close. <laughs> we're slightly different. Uh, this will take about five minutes, listeners. If you want to skip ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. But I, I, we had a discussion before. Rory Sloan. I don't think it's a silly thing to say. He's a little bit overrated. I do. This is a stupid take. Mate, how many? How often has he gone through patches where we're thinking, gee, Rory Strone's, Sloan's struggling a bit? Yeah, gets, it's as if we just have these expectations on him. He doesn't handle a tag well, and he gets tagged twice in a row. And but that's a massive factor for someone who's meant to be your best midfielder. I, yeah, and he's still, he's so dominant when he's on. He's still a top 10 midfielder. It hasn't happened a lot recently. That's because he hasn't played More all this often, year. Saying, not this year. Last, Last year he was dominant for no, most of the for the year. first like 10 rounds. And from then on he was quite average. I've spent so much time talking about Sloan's a bit out of form. It's a little bit disappointing. Maybe he's not out of form. Maybe he's just not that good. And he is good. And I really I like this guy. But I don't think he's like top five oh, yeah. mids in the comp. Yeah. I, I think he's I, far from that. Where, where do you think he is then? Give us a rough guesstimate. 10 to 12 maybe? And I said he's a top 10 mid, so we're actually not that far apart. And that's what I think most people think no, he is. most people talk about him as one of the best mids going around. Yeah, and if you're in the top 10 midfielders, you are one of the best midfielders I don't know. Around. I reckon he's a bit overrated. But... No, whatever. I've got him at four as well. I think he's an absolute star. The reason I have him at four, though, I don't trust his foot. The injury he's got at his age is quite yep. worrying. And the fact that he's 28 when a lot of mm-hmm. the other guys above him are a bit younger. I think yep. that matters when you're looking at a free agent. It certainly does. Number three, I'm presuming we've got the same one. Yep. <laughs> i got Andrew Gaff, and you've got Andrew Gaff. Well, this just shows that we both think Sloan's a little bit overrated, I think. Because most people would say that Rory Sloan is a clearly better player than Gaff. Do and I know? actually don't think that's true. I do. I, I don't. I think Gaff's an absolute star. And he's, he's, he's starting to round his game out more I, as well. I, yeah, I, I would rather Gaff thing. come to Melbourne than Sloan. Yeah, but I, I think it's due to the injury in his age, not ability. I think I think if that was the same age, I reckon I'd take Gaff as well. Anyway, but I think that's also because of the your list profile, like the players you have. He he's not that much of an upgrade on Viney and Oliver. He's he's not going to make it. No, but he's an upgrade on Brayshaw. Yeah, but there's only so much better you can get with your third inside midfielder. Whereas putting Gaff as your balanced inside outside midfielder. I think he's a massive improvement. He, he's, he offers something different. Like, think about it. You'd never have to play Billy Stretch again. Think about how good yeah, that would be. It's been a long be. time since we played him anyway. But he offers something different, Gaff. There aren't a lot of players who play that wing role in the way that he does. Yeah, no. It, I think last year, but I think this year he's become a better player because he's not playing that wing role. But he, that's still his biggest strength, is still his ability to run and get into space. That's yeah, still, no, I'd agree with that. But the fact is that he's a really a, good user as well. He is, he is. Not a sexy player, but he's a very good user. He's definitely a sexy player, man. Yeah, no, I look, I have the same ranking. I just, I don't think he's... I don't think he's as good. Do you think he's a top 10 mid if you have Sloan at 10 to 12? Well, I'd probably have Sloan at 12 and you're 10 around that mark, but... Yeah, I, I probably would. I'd have him. Do you think he's the best the midfielder team. in his team? Yes. See, I'm sure you're ahead of him. The way he's playing at the moment, you consider Yo as well. But yeah, no, I think I'd probably take Gaff ahead of them. 
interesting. I think he's a star. So this may be where we have the difference. Yeah, slight difference. <laughs> We've switched it around. Uh, who have you got at two? Well, two, I've got Jeremy McGovern. And I think it's ridiculous that you would have Tom Lynch below Jeremy McGovern. You, you would have Jeremy McGovern ahead of Tom Lynch. Tom Lynch is a very rare player. You do not get that very often. There are a lot of defenders around. And Jeremy McGovern's one of the See, best. I take it the other way. I think McGovern is closer to the best defender in the league than Lynch is the best key forward. And that's why I've got him higher. Yeah, I, 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 I feel... I, I think there's more value in a forward. I, really I think do. your I, ability to structure... I, know, I agree with that as a general principle. But I think your ability to set your defensive structure around what Jeremy McGovern does is more... More important structurally than what you can do with Tom Lynch because Tom Lynch, he isn't as big a key pillar as a lot of people think he is. He's a lot more in the Jesse Hogan mold. Are uh, you forgetting what he was like, sort of first half of last year? He, he was unstoppable. Didn't he kick ten goals once and then that was it? Like, it wasn't no, that great. he was pretty dominant. He's just he's a he's a he's had one good goal kicking year. The rest have been all about forty. And he's not young. You can't talk about him. As I seriously rate Tom Lynch. He's 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 a perfect modern forward. He takes a good grab. He moves. He's he's a star. He's and very so Jeremy McGovern is too. But I, I feel like you can you can you can mould a backline around mediocre players around having just sort of like a patch quilt. You can create a reasonable backline. I don't think you can in a forward line. Forward line, you need sheer talent. Yeah, maybe. you can make Oscar McDonald a good defender, you can do you can do anything in a back line. <laughs> Look, that's a fair point. I just don't think Tom Lynch is anywhere near as highly ranked among the key forwards as Jeremy McGovern is. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But... Jeremy McGovern is the second or third best oh. key defender, really, in the league. Potentially number one on how he's playing this year. Yeah, Lynch is like. Six, seven, eight as a key forward. Oh, I don't think he's that low, but it, I, I, I can see where we're disagreeing with each other. I suppose we've just got to agree to disagree, Ben. Yeah, I think it's a philosophical we're not going to move past. Now let's get to the game that apparently matters so much. Your bullshit Melbourne team beat calm by 100 points. They're a BFL side. Well, we've already talked about They're not even fit to beat GWS's twos, and GWS's twos lose by 100 points every game oh, in the Nikol. Oh, Banjo, can I, can I get an apology from you? In the top five worst teams to watch. We're not putting this on me. We've scored 145, 155 points in the last two weeks. We are just about the best team to watch at the moment. Every single team looks good when you're not playing an AFL team. Has any other team kicked 150 points this year? No. No, they haven't. No, they haven't. I, I looked through it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. The last week against Gold Coast, that was the highest score for the year. And yeah, we've beaten it again. Congratulations. But you explicitly Mate. said to me that scoring wasn't all that mattered when we did this ranking. And now you're trying to flip it on your head just because oh, you're Oh, but that's biased. a major factor. But, mate, wait, the last two weeks, champagne footy banjo. Like, it has been some sexy stuff. Some of our clearance work, some of the goals we've your kicked. first half On against... the overlap, flicking the handballs yeah. around. Jakey Melksham is a... Bloody good kick of the footy. You know what? Tom McDonald's good to watch these days. Your first half against Gold Coast was very difficult to watch because you kept butchering your opportunities. And because what was the next six quarters of our footy? It was bloody amazing. No, it was just abusing lesser teams. It I, happens all the honestly, time. Honestly, the way we play this week, it doesn't get much sexier. Just because Jake Melksham has the fifth best game of all time and suddenly <laughs> you think you're team for the We're going to win the flag, mate. It's going to happen. <laughs> 
Oh, it's just unbearable. This is why you can't have nice things. Someone needs to bring you down a peg. Carton were a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> Terrible. Like, it was actually like the amount of times we like would stuff it and there'd be like a fumble and then we just pick the ball up again like as if there's no one else around the ball. Like, yeah, they didn't have kernos, so there was no pressure around the ball. The, the way we worked through traffic was embarrassing. That they they and there were times just like how could you not have laid a tackle in? Or yeah, I thought you didn't like watch training drill football, Scott. Mate, it was sexy stuff. Though. Okay, it whatever. was sexy stuff. I've seen you play the other, what, six games this season. Just because you had two games where you didn't have to do anything, playing witches' hats doesn't make you a good side to watch. You had Jesse Hogan appeal for a free kick while the ball was still in play. That is not good football to watch. No, that wasn't good from him. I agree with you. He does it all the time. The other thing, Bernie, Bernie Vince should have got suspended. Like, that was ridiculous. He went past the ball, jumped in the air, and bumped Daisy in the head. Just because... Daisy happens to have like a hard head and got up. Like that was one of the yeah, worst is, things you can do. On a facing game. suspensions on who was a glass jaw is a terrible tactic. Yeah, and you you got to take it into account a little bit. Like the, 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 the outcome is relevant to force, but it's not the only thing. You can punch someone really hard and they'll be fine, and you can punch someone soft and break a jaw. Yeah, can I ask you a question though? Is Bernie Finn's officially a dirty player? He's a dirty player, yeah, he but he's not a dirty, a dirty human player. being. He's been a dirty he's a player person, for years, is, is and you've matters. defended him. You've defended him, and I want an apology for that. The amount of times you said, no, he's cheeky. Have you seen him on the footy show? Nobody cares about the footy show. It's a misogynistic bullshit TV show. It's going to get really no, dark, so fella. I had to pull myself he's, back in. Can, can I just quickly ask, where do you think we're going to finish right now? What are you thinking? In the three to six range. <laughs> I would have said like sick. Really? That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I've Although I wouldn't be surprised yes. at all if we won the flag. <laughs> <laughs> there just aren't very many actually good teams. And like, you've got an ability to be a good team if things go right. Yep. We certainly do. Yeah, like North, we could finish top four this year. Well, you couldn't. <laughs> We're better than you. I know that. Well, just anyway, win one game on. in 18. Anyway, let's move there on. There are some interesting games to talk now, about. Now, we've been abused recently about uh, not talking about Brisbane, and we've gone a bit long, so I think we should just skip this game. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we should talk about it. This is a cracking win for Brisbane. I'm very happy for them, believe it or not. I like oh, Brisbane. you would be. You hate Hawthorne. <laughs> yeah, I hate Hawthorne, and Brisbane are an irrelevant interstate side, so of course I like them. <laughs> it was a long time coming this week. It, it was a long time. There, yeah. there was just going to be a point at which they would pull out some really good surprise performance. And I, I thought about tipping them, but I'm like, it could be this week, it could be next week, I don't know. It, it will happen at some point. And it happened to be this week, and Hawthorne went to water a little bit. Yeah. I'm feeling, very com- I'm feeling very comfortable about my Hawthorne opinions for the first month of the season. Yeah. People calling premiership contenders, I was not. They were setting up so well early in the year, but some of the passage of play in this game is the way that Brisbane could transition and find space like through the corridor. Hawthorne shouldn't be doing that, and that's that's very un mm. Clarkson coach team like. It's it, very odd. Yeah, look, they just got their spirits broken when North were up by fifty odd points at half time, and you just can't come back from that. It's just it's heartbreaking, but some teams have post traumatic stress disorder. It just happens. Can you just go? No, but let's talk about right. Brisbane. Let's move on from my uh, ramblings. We should talk about Brisbane. What do you think about Brisbane? Because I need a second to think about it. <laughs> no, no, some of the like the stats coming out of this game are some of the mids. I mean, Witherden got Rising Star nominee for the second time. He's well, every he chance should have been 
he should have got it weeks ago. He's averaging 23 touches a game or something. He's going to win it. Yeah, no, he, he definitely could. Um, Tom, it was getting to Ryan Clark proportions of bullshit. Hey, Tom Cutler had like three goals and like 30 touches. We've got the stats up now. Zorko, 30 and a goal. Beams, 28 and two goals. They're both stars. McCluggage will be a star, 27. That's the Cutler, best Cutler, 26 and three goals. He's a mediocre player. That's a great effort. Christensen, 24 and a goal. With it and 24. Like, when I read out those names, those stats are great, but... All of them, I'm thinking, oh, he's he's either is an excellent footballer or he's going to be an excellent footballer. They yeah. they have a lot of talent coming up there. Yeah, they really and, um, do. Hipwood kick four. Oh, easy. Very very talented. I tell you, who's excellent talent. and who I really like, and probably should get credited by the listeners who abuse me about liking them. Charlie Cameron. Oh, I've been on him all year, and he is a star. I wasn't criticising you for liking him. I said he wasn't the top five recruits. Yeah, and you were wrong, weren't you? I don't know. We may have to reassess. I need to think about it a little bit. But, oh, he is very, very excited. That was a ripping mark. I think that, he's, he's, that was actually like, whoa. Not many players can yeah. leap in that way. In non-North players, he's probably my top three favourite players. He's just so good to he watch. He is great to watch. Even when he's not getting the ball, he still looks fascinating in the intensity he's going to run somebody down. You always think he's going to get them. Mm-hmm. He's the most cat-like footballer I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Oh, I'm a big fan. Where would you put Brisbane in terms of like how close they are to the potential premiership? I, I think they'd easily be ahead of Carlton. They'd easily be ahead of St ahead. Kilda. Yep, ahead of Essendon. Ahead um, of Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah, because they're going to lose. Because they're going to lose Tom Lynch. They're, they're, they're like ahead they're, of Frio. They're looking very, very. I'd have them ahead of the Dogs. I'd have them ahead of Hawthorne. Oh, I wouldn't have a matter of Hawthorne. You're starting to get a bit carried away. But no, they're, Hawthorne they're are going to right. a second oldest team in the competition. Yes, I know. You've been telling me this you a lot You know how times. backwards they're still going to go? They haven't yeah, but they still have drop. the best coach by a long, long way. So they'll be right. Yeah, but at a certain point, having the best coach in a long, long way puts you ninth, which is where they are now. It doesn't win your flag if there's no talent there. And that's where they're going to be stuck because they spent all their eggs. God, you hate Hawthorne. You, you just hate them, don't you? You hate them more than you hated the dogs when they won well, the flag. Yeah, I mean, I'm... In a spot, and I need to be right on this, so I'm going all in. You're a man. That'll be right. Oh, well, that's enough on Brisbane. West Coast defeated Richmond by 47 points, not 83 as I had originally written. This was game of the round. What were your thoughts? Uh, they're, they're, I, I don't think West Coast will win the flag. I, I think there's every ch- the, like the, the chances are they'll finish top two, and the chances are they'll probably play in a grand final. But if they play on the MCG against Richmond on grand final day, they lose by 50 points. I, yeah. I, I think they will, it, it'll be very similar to a couple of years ago. It'll just be like, they're not quite there. There's the possibility that they matured. There will be a matured side after that grand final. There's less weirdness going on with the ground, so maybe that helps them out, but it didn't help Richmond out. So, yeah. I've, it's exactly what we wanted to see and had to see from them, but now I want to start seeing the wins... And they, look, they have won while they've travelled. The problem is they've beaten Carlton and they've been the Western Bulldogs in Melbourne. And they have never really struggled in any city outside of Melbourne. This is the only question mark left is Melbourne for them. Yeah. Because the as much as we spoke about them as not being able to travel, they always won in Adelaide. Yeah. They always won in There's Sydney. something about the G. I don't know. Something so, so yeah, I really hope they get it together because they are playing fantastic to watch football. Hmm. It cannot be said about how good Chuck Darling looks while yeah. playing. He is 
He's turned into a star. He's one of the best key forwards. I was in the hearing Wayne so Carey esque. Some people were saying the way he played on the weekend, just dominating games, yeah, being a was, presence. He was just starting. Took fifteen marks. Yeah, that's that's and crazy. A lot of them were contested. Or I think it was like eight pro- contested. Yeah, there's probably this like semi contested marks where you sort of you beaten a guy on a lead. Yeah, and you win. And he took a few of those as well. His delivery was good. His goal kicking, he kicked six goals too, so you can't complain about it. Every part of his game was. Excellent, mm-hmm. and he's just—he's done that. He takes the ball out in front. He's my thing. He's with, improved so much. My thing with West Coast is when a team improves as much as they have. There's normally you think there's some kids coming through, some players come back from injury, maybe players are starting to hit their prime. The, the only things which seem sustainable to me is I think Darling has always had the ability to be a star. And I think he finally has clicked, and I think he will be a star. Yeah. Nat Nui coming back from injury makes a big difference. Outside of that, I'm not convinced that what Hearn's doing is sustainable because across his career, it hasn't been. I'm not convinced that what Lacroix is playing great for. Yeah, Lacroix is an average player for a good five years. So I think they would, they've got a couple of kids coming through. Waterman's been really good mm-hmm. as a third tall. He's not dominating games or anything, but he's no, been he's a good link up player. I think Liam player. Ryan will come back and he's. Been very good and very exciting. Yeah, I, I really rate him. <laughs> yeah, so do I. And I really want him to play football again because he's a. But he, he's not a reason for why they beat Richmond. Like, no, but and I think uh, the different balance and setup in the midfield is a large part of it. I think Prittis and Mitchell last year were. If you took your time again, you would not play either of them last year. I think they're a negative. They're putting Gaff as a more balanced midfield role, putting Yo more. Consistently in the midfield and using him less as a utility, I think those are big changes in their structure that are really allowing them to that are really allowing them to improve. Yep, and I, I think that's sustainable. And the other side of it, how do they beat Richmond? <laughs> yeah, so I have thought a little bit about this. If you look at the three teams that have done okay against Richmond, they've all had tall forward lines. So the two teams have beaten them. Adelaide, West Coast. And yes, they've both been away from the MCG, and I think that's a factor, but it's not the only factor. You can't... It'd be pathetic if Richmond said we can only win at the MCG and we're just okay with that result. There has to be more than that to mm. it. And so I think that's a big thing. And then North Melbourne played them pretty close, and we have a tall forward line. I, yeah. I think I think when Asprey, Grimes, and Rance are all forced to play one-on-one and don't have the ability to zone off in the way they do against smaller def- smaller offences, it really hurts them because I'm not sure they can't play one-on-one because we've seen each of them individually do it at portions yeah, of yeah. their careers. But I think it's a mindset change that's really catching them out at this point in the season. I think they're so used to being able to come off and get there and being able to impact the contest that tall forward lines that are structuring up with a lot more space in between them is really getting to them because they can't do that and when they are committing they're not quite getting there and that's a big change. To be honest with you, I don't think they get beaten defensively. I think the reason that comes is because they're not doing as well offensively. I think the way that they move the ball firstly around a contest, they are so accountable and they have so they always have just a circle around it and that mm. gives them so much space to run into. If a team manages to be accountable enough to stop that, slows them down going inside forward 50, all of a sudden, if you have a tall defense, you can cut off some of the ball coming into their small forwards. You can mark it rather than bring it to ground, in which 
create a stoppage, then they start setting up their defense, which is a team defense. If you mark it there, you start rebounding um, and before their defense is set up, and then that's why their defenders are starting to look like they're getting caught out one-on-one. Yeah, and look, if you look at the last two games for Richmond, McGovern was dominant in the intercept mark. Yep. Rewalt was the only forward that did anything for Richmond. He kicked five and was excellent all day. But they had more than one option for Rewalt and allowed McGovern to just control the yep. air. And in the second half, North Melbourne were able to take a bucket load of yeah, uh, intercept marks. Yeah, Tarrant was great, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And I don't remember the Adelaide game, but I presume it was the same. I feel like if they don't get that clear ball that they get into forward 50 with the way that they move it and then if you set up with a tall forward line who are going to hold their marks yeah. that's when you can start rebounding and you can start getting through but I'm not sure it's about clean ball I think it's about quick yeah ball. quick yeah fair because, enough while there's space yeah, yeah and because so often they kick it low yeah, with yeah. the chaos ball and You're I think right. that's a lot what gives them what gives them the edge in creating contests because you can't intercept a ball if it's just going every which way. Yep. Whereas if there's a bit of pressure on, they have to kick it. They get kicked. They kick the ball up. They give it a bit more air and that's where they struggle because Rewalk yeah, can do exactly right. so much. Exactly right. But anyway, let's move on. We're going to Poochie's Mailbag. I promise to read out the names of the people that ask the questions. And I, you caught a Poochie's Mailbag I as well. put them in bold. We've the taken segment, a lot man. of steps but we are going long so we're going to rush through it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one from Poochie himself. Though. I like to start off with a Poochie question Good because one. the only one that Spends half an hour every morning thinking about it. And he's been loyal the whole way through. He has been loyal. So we, re- we reward loyalty. Man's we're best getting, friend. We're getting Thanks. a lot of consistency in our questions, so I'm really appreciative of it. Should every team hire and fire Mark Neal <laughs> to improve team performance? No, just, just, play. just don't hire him. No, I think they're, they're probably a great side, and they've just I been held think, back by a coach. I think there are real merits to this philosophy. Look what you've done. You're apparently now going to win the flag. Getting re- after getting rid of him and putting in place a, a uh, succession <laughs> I would, plan. I would say Ruse was a, more of a factor than sacking Neil. Yeah, but <laughs> you can be wrong all you want. Look at what Essendon's done. They've just played the game of their... Pretty much the best game they've played since they stopped doing drugs. And now... And when Collingwood... He was supposedly the architect of uh, Collingwood's premiership, which is why he got <laughs> flags with him there. Yeah, but they didn't fire him and they've gone to shit since. That's what happens when you don't fire him. You go down. I would say just avoid him in the first one. The only reasons why those turnarounds happened was because they were so bad because they had him involved. Three in the equals place. a trend, a trend equals correlation, and correlation equals causation. I have proven this. This is right. This is I say question. this just shows how incredible that Collingwood premiership was. To be able to win it with him, that line. Or how there. idiotic the coaches were at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, next up, we've got one from Stringer Bell, who's so often. Uh, fills in for you or me actually it's done it twice but you know yeah you know it is a we do appreciate it I know Uh, when Jordan Lewis shampoos his hair do you think he goes over it or around his bald spot I I don't know how to answer that question I wouldn't have a clue what he does I think he just put the shampoo in and just give it a bit of a ruffle and then uh, just let it dry. Yeah, no, I, I you, you do let it uh, drip dry, do you reckon? You know, you he gives. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, you thought a lot more about this than I did. I'm, I'm impressed. That, that bald spot that's been around for about ten years, I reckon. It's a very stationary you'd bald think spot. Think he'd be just bald? Wouldn't yeah, you think <laughs> you think his hair would have gone the way of David Hales by now? But no, it's safe. Yeah, it's it's, it's right. He just has a bald spot. It's maybe he's <laughs> been talking to Warnie and gone to advanced hair studio. Yeah, maybe. Uh, next up, this is I mentioned this earlier. From Dan Crowley. Will you finally talk about Brisbane this week? 
you Melbourne media puppet. Well, I'm, I'm happy offended. to hear that we're part of the Melbourne media. That makes me feel like, you know, yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think we're quite that good. I'm uh, quite offended. This is the second allegation we've had of being too Melbourne focused. And I think that's ridiculous. We've had the West Coast uh, listener who messaged us last year <laughs> and who I misread and thought he was just congratulating us. And now we've got this. <laughs> he was very sarcastically banging the hell out of us when I was talking about it West was Coast. Like, I was in Cambodia and I was oh, not come on, I talk about Freo enough. Yeah, I think about how much I talk about Gold That's Coast. That's true. We, just... we have segments dedicated to a single player on the Gold Coast. Uh, here's the thing. They're, they're... We talk about GWS all the time. We talk about the Tasmanian football team. <laughs> Look, here's what it comes down to. We only have so much time to talk about irrelevant clubs, and we dedicate way too much of it to North <laughs> Melbourne. So why would we bother talking about Brisbane? But, you know, we talked about them this week. And oh, that was we a bad thing, Scott. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, we're just going to go quickly through. What clubs do you think the following uh-huh. players will be at this year? We've just gone. We've just ranked them. Where's Gaff going? I don't know. I mean, hopefully Melbourne. Yeah, he's going How the hell am I Where's Sloan going? I don't know. <laughs> this, this is a stupid question. How are we supposed to know? How is anyone supposed to know apart from them? The media themselves have no idea. How could the plebs on footy know? You reacted to this about as well as the time I tried to make you do this. <laughs> They're silly questions. So that was from Matt Curry, and he sent in another one. So let's give him a fair cop because he's actually... <laughs> we never ask any of his questions, and we've asked one and bagged the crap out of him. Yeah, so right. should the Bombers trade down to her for an inside midfield gun? No, let's move on. <laughs> of course not. Yeah, that, that's why we should have really buried the crap out of That's a terrible idea. You don't give up the one thing you're good at to fix a problem. You try and build under it. What Danaher is, is an incredibly valuable commodity who very, very rarely comes across. It's a across. lot harder to He's find been out Danaher. of form, but he's a star. Um, and he has a lot of inside midfielders around. Who is the better Ruckman? Nick Nat or Max Gorn? That's from Liam Halverson. Maxwell Gorn is a champion, so it has to be Maxie. No, it is Max. He is. I, the only team who I'd come across and I would be a little bit worried we're not going to have complete ruck dominance would be West Coast. I, I think... Is that Nick, because Nick Nat's a better ruckman? His hitouts to advantage are better. Max will get more hitouts and he's better around the ground. Max is an all-rounder better ruckman. He, Max well, is clearly know, the best Ma- ruckman. Nick Nat's pressure around the ball. No, but it's, it's literally down. within about five metres of a contest and then he's non-existent. When Max is getting forward, taking marks, kicking goals. Yeah, he's an inferior Brody Grundy then. Uh, but anyway, that, that's about it. I think we should move on to tips, don't you? Yeah, probably a good idea, Banjo. Right. You had a bit that you were going to run with, but we're going to tips, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah, you have to left can, can you ask answer this question? <laughs> no, it's too late. Because no. North have a Tasmanian cult hero and play so well there, do you think that the AFL is becoming more tempted by the day to relocate North down to Tasmania? No, they got 7,000... Mate, it seems pretty yeah, obvious, doesn't it? They got 7,000 people to the game, and that question was asked by a fucking idiot, so we're moving you on. You guys just belong there. You love yourselves there. That's when that's when life comes good for North support. Just because you love Alice Springs doesn't mean you should move there. We don't love Alice anyway, Springs. We suck there. Collingwood, dogs. Who's going to win? <laughs> uh, Collingwood. Yes, I agree. Why is that at Eddie Hat? I have no idea. So it's the Hawthorne, <laughs> yeah, which is well, weird. Is something wrong with the G this week? I, I noticed that. No, because Richmond's playing there, because we've got Richmond St. Kilda at the G on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Richmond, by quite a lot. Oh, that's going to be brutal. Mm. They are going to be pissed. Could, could be an interesting 100-point win. That yeah, that's a 100-point win. You have to talk about it as seriously as you talk about your bullshit win. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Brisbane-Sydney at the Gabba. Sydney? Yeah. 
See, if, if Brisbane had lost this week, I think this is the week Brisbane are going to do it. But they've already done it. So. Yeah, I think they're going to come down <laughs> a little bit. They won't have the fire in the no, belly. And I think Sydney no. are just a bit too good. Uh, Geelong, uh, Carlton. Geelong. Yeah, I think this is going to be a little reminiscent of what's going to go happen with Richmond. They're going to be pissed too. Uh, GWS, Essendon. GWS. Yeah. Whatever the line is, put some money on, you know, above. I reckon I'll kill them. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. You've got the fire in the belly game. Yep. Uh, Hawthorne, West Coast. Where is this at the... Eddie Had. At Eddie. Ooh, a West Coast then. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go West Coast too. I think there's probably a few demons at the closet that they'll want to unleash on Hawthorne. And they're clearly They'll probably side. go down at some point though. They'll probably have an off, off week eventually. Yeah, yeah, they have one eight in a row. It could be it. Mm. Uh, third versus fourth. Probably the second best game of the round behind the North game. Uh, Melbourne, Adelaide, at TP. <laughs> what I, I don't even know what it is. Uh, Melbourne, Melbourne. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the stadium's called. And then we'll lose to the Dogs the next week. That's my... Oh, interesting my tip. Uh, and then, game of the round, Freo, North in Freo. Freo. I'm on North because I have to, but... I've been so lying. Really, it's against North. It's a really big game for North. There's, there's, the, there's a few games like this where... We're a pretty good job. Probably should win. Uh, They're going to define our season. Uh, you probably will be favourite. Yeah, I think we're slight favourites. When are the Hills back? Stephen might be back this week. Bradley is whenever plus nah. one because he got drunk. It's uh, killing. Yeah, him. that's right. He got he got not he got uh, removed from the leadership group as well. Mm. Oh, but do you it's know how bad. this is affecting my fantasy side's culture? I thought you said we were going to talk less about this. We did. You said it with three minutes <laughs> in, and no, I no, said I've it held with back two from seconds left. Anyway, thanks for listening. We went long as always. It's, it's almost not as it's not always long anymore. It's just what we are. But yeah, thanks for listening. We hope to see you next week. <laughs> thanks, guys.